0: Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is your host, Paul Arnold, joined by Ernest Watts. And once again, you have the old man version of Pardon the Confusion, because we're the steady Eddies. We're the dependable Cal Rifkins. We are the guys that show up, get that hit up the middle, and keep the show going. Right, Ernest?
1: Ken Singleton, Eddie Murray, uh, you know, stat chasers, they used to call those guys. Uh, I'm trying to think of some others, like a running back that used to do a that. Real
0: dependable running back. Uh,
1: the, uh, Chris Emmett, Warren. Emmett, Emmett Smith.
0: Remember Chris Emmett Warren Smith? played for the Seahawks?
1: Yeah, but I was thinking somebody a little bit more you know, progressive than he is. Something, someone more of a star type of thing. But yeah.
0: Uh, Buster Posey's.
1: Yeah, Buster Posey. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, I mean, Uh, we have our uh, moments,
0: but most of the time... Salvador
1: Perez, (laughs) which is royal. I mean, we're just going to come up with different guys like that, aren't we? Stevie Uh, Eizerman. Stevie Eizerman, yeah. Uh, Ron Francis. We're going to go to all the sports, aren't we? Tim Duncan.
0: Oh, wow. Nice. Tim Duncan. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But we talk twice as much as Tim Duncan ever has.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, have you seen him since he's been an assistant coach for the Spurs? Oh, is
0: he doing well? Is he saying a lot? He's long,
1: got long hair. He's what? His hair's down to his shoulders, yes.
0: Oh, my goodness. Timmy the idea Duncan. that
1: he's an assistant coach just blows my mind. I know?
0: thought he'd get away from basketball when he got done.
1: No, I think. He missed it more than, than than people would think in that respect. I read a fascinating alternative history. You remember when the Magic went after him and and, uh, and Grant Hill? Mm. That was going to be the next big—they were going to line him up with, with Penny Hardaway. Well, he, um, he all but agreed to sign with the Magic until the last moment they told him they would not allow the family— on the team plane or in the locker room, and that was a deal killer. And he wow. went back and won two more championships for the Spurs. Was that Pat Williams that made that mistake? The GM, yeah, yeah, Pat Williams made that mistake. Hmm. It's Pat Riley did the same thing with LeBron. LeBron was going to stay with the Heat if they allowed his his entourage, his his friends, to fly on the team plane. And Pat Riley thought he was losing control. You know, and yes. he said no. <laughs> yes. yeah, and he said no. And that's why LeBron went to Cleveland or he would have stayed with the heat. So it's, it's interesting. The little cool stories like that, that teams could have, it's like the Barry Bonds being traded to the Braves. Uh, Barry Bonds, when he was with Pittsburgh, agreed to be traded to the Braves and it was all set up. This was the mid nineties and would have made a dynasty. And uh, Jim Leland pitched a hissy fit because it had all been agreed papers have been signed papers have been signed in sent into major league headquarters in new york city and and leland just had a fit and said i will walk away from this team if you trade barry bombs because he was going to be a free agent the next year yeah so they rescinded the trade this is fascinating great trades that almost were in that respect, there have been quite a few of those in, in all the sports that I've decided at the last minute to, to hold out on that respect. That was like A-Rod going to the uh, Red Sox. You know the story on that, don't you?
0: Uh, I tried to block out anything with A-Rod in it, but uh, okay. go ahead.
1: Okay, A-Rod was with Texas. Uh, Texas, you know, day three wasn't winning with them. So there was a one-to-one swap, him for Manny, Manny Ramirez. And everybody agreed on it, Texas, Manny, everything. And the Red Sox wanted him to reduce. Remember now his contract was a like quarter of a billion dollars. And the Red Sox wanted him to reduce it. And he agreed with it. But the Players Association said, no, this is a bad precedence. If you do it, if you get one player that signed one of these mega contracts to to reduce their contract then uh, teams are going to force other players to do that. So they would not approve the trade. And that's why he – and then Aaron Boone broke his foot playing basketball at home, violation of his contract, because they had him at third base. And then the Yankees swooped in and picked him up and then cut Aaron Boone from the team. And, you know, later on he became manager. He's had problems with another respect there. But that's how that big trade never happened in that respect.
0: When you jumped uh, the NBA, remember how Chris Paul was supposed to go to Lakers and and Stern blocked that mess?
1: Oh, yeah. It's because at that time the NBA owned uh, the what was the Oklahoma City slash New Orleans Hornets because of Katrina And George Shin, who was the owner, sold the team back to the NBA. And uh, Stern's reasoning or logic of that was, if you take Paul away, you'll reduce the potential value of the team. That means the NBA would be getting less money when they sold the franchise. And Jimmy Johnson was telling, when he was with the Dolphins, he offered uh, the Indianapolis Colts. His All of his draft picks, you know, kind of like Ditka did with the Saints to get uh, Ricky Williams. He offered all his draft picks to Indianapolis for the right number one pick to pick Peyton Manning. And everybody agreed on it. And then Ursay at the last minute stepped in and said, no, if if we do this, we're we're committing, you know, our fans will revolt on it. Even though it's a great trade because they were getting eight picks for one player. So you would have had Manning playing for the Miami Dolphins. They have, may have succeeded. Jimmy Johnson may still be at uh, located at Miami coaching, and then you would have had Saban never leaving LSU to go to the Dolphins. This is
0: the "What If" Marvel Universe Sports Edition. Yes,
1: this, this is this is the pardon the confusion uh, "What If" version. But these things really could have happened. I mean, this is it's, 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 it's kind of like. Uh, the Red Sox gave a tryout to Roberto Clemente and Willie Mays. And the owner at that time, uh, Mr. Yawkey, was an avowed racist. And the team was ready to sign Clemente and Mays, two different tryouts. And both times, Yawkey said, no, we're an all-white team, and we're not going to sign anybody who's not white. Or, you know, could have changed the history of the Red Sox in that respect.
0: That always blows my mind because – they had they had Hispanic uh, players. It's it's all perception, right? You know oh, how yeah. much oh, color yeah. is too much color, and it's like, are you crazy? Those players would have changed the history
1: if they had been on the oh, same team. And the all time is the the No No Nanette for Babe Ruth. The owner of the Red Sox was a Broadway in, in, impresario, and he had a play called No No Nanette, and it bombed the first night, and he took big losses. This was before Yaki bought the team. And the only way he could recruit, at that time, uh, Babe Ruth was the uh, Otani of his time. He he actually had... uh, Wait a second. Did uh, you
0: say Babe Ruth was the Otani of his time?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, Otani's done it for a longer time than Babe Ruth did. But Babe Ruth had set a record for the most uh, consecutive shutout innings in the World Series for the Red Sox. And he was young. He was, you know, 21, 22 years old. And he had led the league in home runs as a pitcher with like 18 home runs, which was a lot. This was a dead I think he
0: led the team in scores off the field, too, right?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And drinking and everything else. So to make up the losses of the play and the beginning of the curse of the Red Sox, uh, the owner sold him for cash to the Yankees.
0: See, and, folks, you too can know all this trivia if you have lots of sports reading materials in your bathroom. That's the secret. I, I got
1: one I got one more. Just one uh, more
0: for no extra cost.
1: Yes, that's another one. The Pittsburgh Steelers in 1956 had never had a winning team, never had a winning season. They, during World War II, they had to merge with, with, um, with the Cardinals from Chicago. They called the team the Carpets. No lie. And the other year, because so many you know, draft-age men were fighting World War II, the next year they had emerged with the Eagles and became the Steagles. They would split the home games between both sides. In 1956, they gave a tryout to a guy playing for a semi-pro team called the Bloomingfield Rams, which played in a field with no grass whatsoever. He was a graduate of Louisville University. He was never drafted in the NFL, the Steelers gave him a tryout. They had three starting quarterbacks. Uh, one of them was Ted Marshabola, who would later be a Colts coach, and George Ratterman. And the uh, a uh, owner, Mr. Rooney, Art Rooney, wanted to sign him. He was a local kid, thought it'd be good. But the coach said, this kid will never be nothing. So the next week, he signed a make it uh, contract, Bart. make good contract. With the Baltimore Colts, and that of course was oh, Johnny,
0: Johnny United. You. Johnny nice. If you don't know who Johnny United is, you've turned into the wrong <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. But, but that's you can, idea. you know, Johnny United made local uh, news or national news because Lamar Jackson is getting his number retired at University of Louisville alongside of United. So, um, if, you know, would Unitas make it in today's NFL?
1: yeah yeah unites would make it he was smart uh he didn't run that much but he was smart and he had a strong enough arm i mean he had so many injuries uh, over the years it took away the strength of his arm but yeah unitus would be it i mean uh um, unites is not that much more different than brady he is a pocket passer very smart knows where to throw it doesn't have the strongest arm in the business i mean Brady and Inus are probably the closest examples of each other that I could think of.
0: But Brady grew up idolizing Joe Montana in a way. I mean, (laughs) and Brady's ball does have a really nice, tight spiral to it.
1: But it's not. He doesn't have – I'm trying to think of somebody with the strongest arm. Prescott has probably the strongest arm. But, you know, again, what good is it going to 70 yards – when your offensive line won't hold anybody long. I mean, let at halftime when you're trying to do that. Uh, that's about the only time at the end of the game you don't get to throw and air it out that deep. Do you but think yeah, Aaron
0: Rodgers in his prime or Patrick Mahomes in his prime can throw it farther?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, you remember they used to do that, the quarterback skill contest. they do it in the st- – the summer and everything. John but Elway
0: had, in his prime. There you go.
1: Yeah. yeah, But, you know, when Elway learned touch, that's when he won two Super Bowls. Not just, just throwing it as hard as he could in that respect. The guy who I always had the hardest, supposedly could throw at 80 yards, was Bobby Douglas of the Bears.
0: Wow, but that's he, a reach, Bobby but Douglas. His,
1: but his percentage was like 30% completion rate. That's another change. In the uh, '60s and '70s, if you completed 50%, that was good, and if you had a ratio of maybe four to three in touchdowns and interceptions, you were considered all-pro. Now they would not let you on the field if you don't. If your completion percentage is not 65% or better, because we got guys throwing 70%, which is unreal. Uh, you, you, again, you got to be in that 65 to 75 range to be an NFL quarterback.
0: I always loved it when the receivers for the Broncos would talk about how Elway would throw it so hard he would cross their hands. I mean, I mean the end of the ball is, to, you know, seams coming together. And if it hits something really hard, it did leave a cross-type indentation that he threw it that hard.
1: Don Maynard said one time that Joe Namath threw one, that, you know that little flap of skin between your thumb and your pointing finger? Yes. That he, he split that area.
0: Oh, the web type area. The web
1: area had to be sewn up that he threw it that hard. It was that, that tighter rotation? Because the tighter rotation, the faster it will go because there's less wind resistance.
0: Is Joe Namath the most famous Alabama quarterback?
1: Most overrated, probably. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> it depends who you're talking about, huh?
1: To me, I've always thought Kenny Stabler was better.
0: I don't I mean, know. Stabler being left-handed always looked weird coming out of his hand. It's hard yeah, to they, compare. They both
1: had, yeah, they both had a national championship. They both had a Super Bowl championship. Uh, Namath threw more interceptions than touchdowns. Stabler did not. But so Stabler thought- could
0: sing. He looked like Kenny Rogers' look-alike, didn't he? <laughs>
1: Well, he looked like he fell off the bar. I mean, that's just how he was. And the was. bar
0: got the better end of the fight.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> but but he was extremely—he he was a raider. When he went to Houston and when he went to New Orleans, that was as big a misfit as Namath going to the Rams. It was like United when he went to the Chargers. It just was not right. It just did it, 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 like when Montana went to the Chiefs. So these I think are, a, lot of, a lot of this these fits, though, based on the style of the team. Montana would not have been Montana without Bill Walsh.
0: And Steve Young, the same thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we never know with Young because he never went to another team because of concussions. I mean, that's the thing about Brady. Brady's been Brady, whether he was at, you know, under Belichick or not under Belichick. He showed he could do it without him. And I can't think of another quarterback – that had success with two different teams.
0: Montana did pretty good with the Chiefs, but he didn't win another Super Bowl. But he got to the AFC Championship game.
1: And got blown out, too. I mean, they were a good team, but they weren't a Super Bowl. I mean, he didn't put up great statistics. I mean, and they tried to, you know, Schottenheimer tried to put a lot of the West Coast offense, which is a term Bill Walsh hated, by the way, and it just he just didn't have the type of receivers, which a lot of people don't realize the West Coast offense really gets success from the running game.
0: Roger Craig, baby. Can you name the other running back in that uh, backfield?
1: Uh, who's the white guy? Oh, man. Rathman.
0: Uh, yes, yes. The yes. fullback.
1: Well, you had uh, uh, the guy from Notre Dame uh, who played for the Eagles. Oh, Lord, I can't remember his name. He Ricky Walters. Ricky yeah, Walters Ricky got a thousand yards for the forty ers I mean, they yeah, they had they had receivers. I mean, it's is the running attack really made it successful. See, so that, folks, that, this
0: is our wheelhouse. See, we can really <laughs> if we talk about any type of NFL football when between we're ten and forty, we can just go to town. But now you talk about you know kid people in their thirties and forties now, where are they gonna look back and say Oh, that was so great. And I think it's going to be Mahomes and Brady for a lot of uh, people right now and a little bit of Rodgers.
1: Yeah, I think those three, I can't think of anybody else who had the duration that they've had. Did you enjoy Rodgers' little uh, comments after scoring touchdowns (laughs) against the Bears?
0: So I I thought that was perfect Rodgers, why he loves football. He can come across as an intellectual, and he's dating, you know, engaged to a Hollywood star. But Rodgers is sort of a punk, and he loves punking people, and he loves the competition. And I don't think he wants to retire at all. I think he just wants to get away from Green Bay. He saw Brady do it. He says, well, maybe I can leverage my way out of here, and he's going to do it. And I'm just really curious, what team is going to roll the dice with him? Because of Brady, I think Rodgers is gonna cash in big time next year.
1: Well it'll be an AFC team. They're not gonna let him, you know, come up and, and torture him in that respect. They
0: have to trade him. He's not a straight out free agent?
1: Not for another year. But you know, they can work it out where they could release him. And then they get cap relief at that time. So what so AFC team
0: out? is a good quarterback away from winning it at all? Because basically Tampa Bay was a good, a great quarterback and a few other players away because they had a good defense. Who in the AFC has a good defense, but is just a little bit short?
1: Good defense. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh kind of fits the bill.
0: That would be really cool if he went to Pittsburgh and away. Big Ben, he threw it long a few times the other night, but he still looks... Rusty team.
1: Stick a fork, he's done. He's, he's pretty much done. I mean, they almost lost to, good gracious, uh, the backup quarterback for Seattle. How about I mean, the
0: Raiders for For Rodgers?
1: Yeah, but they don't have a good defense. They, mm. Their talent level is really, really Well, I'll tell you hard.
0: one team he's not going to, and that's the Bears. <laughs> no,
1: well, they're not going to let him go to an NFC team. So, I mean, he's not going to go to the Bills. He's not going to – Patriots? No, they're not. They've invested in Mac Jones. He's not going to the Dolphins, even though they have a great defense. Dolphins could be a dark horse. Not going to Tennessee. He's not going – well, Tennessee would not be that bad a choice. He's not going to the Texans. He's not going to Cincinnati. And there's a lot of teams you eliminate. He's not going to the Chargers. Denver still got a great defense.
0: Denver could be. They've done it again. They've done it before
1: with Peyton. Why not with Rogers? Denver. That's where his his wife to be is from. Ooh. Denver. Denver. Pittsburgh. Miami is a dark horse. There's your three. That's that's one of those three.
0: Well, you know, sometimes I look at, you know, these shows like The Bachelorette or The Bachelor and think, oh, what drama? But then I realize every day I'm checking ESPN and other sports news, and half of that is drama, right? Half of it's. Oh, they have to. You got to.
1: The thing with ESPN is similar to what you see with Fox News and CNN. There's not enough information for 24 7. So they create. Controversy, news, information, whatever you want to come. I don't care what side of the political spectrum you do. You look at that at both those leading news organizations. And says, there's not enough news to keep people's attention. I mean, there's enough news. We just don't care about Menar or 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 what's going on in Wales or what's going on in various areas. We want local news. It's the old George Carlin thing. You know, our interest in a disaster is only when it's near us. If a volcano blows up in Vietnam, we don't care. But if a volcano blows up in America, I'm watching the news. That's why we watch those car chases on the news, and we don't know anything about the six different uh, police actions that our military is involved in right now. But I digress. ESPN is guilty of the same thing. You know, I, I, the big thing today on ESPN is that Miami's going to trade uh, for, for Watson today. Which, why? Why do that? He's still got legal problems. But they create that type of issue. I, I don't even watch sports Center anymore. I really don't, because I get all the sports information on my phone. I don't have to sit and wait 30 minutes to hear something or hear someone's opinion, who's usually opinion that uh, is molded because of the programming of ESPN. I found it interesting that the commissioner of the NHL stated well, now that ESPN has the NHL broadcast rights, maybe they'll do some NHL news on SportsCenter, <laughs> which is correct. Yes. If you take a step back and you look Self-serving, at Self-serving, baby. Yeah, they, they, they lean towards what's going to get you to watch the rest of the programming. It's almost like SportsCenter has become Entertainment Tonight. Entertainment Tonight used to tell about the TV shows and the movies that are coming out. It's not a news source per se. And sports center has become the same thing.
0: Well, let's get to some of our own takes on stuff. And the biggest drama in college football may be in LSU with Ed O'Dron being let out the door for $16 million to walk away. Like he said, I'll be okay. I can afford a hamburger or two. What a nice parting prize for him. And it wasn't a big surprise to anybody the way that program was faltering and internally combusting and the question is as usual who are they going to get and every booster from any big program dreams way too big like oh Dabo is going to come or oh this guy's going to come all right ernest here's your prediction be no stardomus <sighs> who's going to go to lsu
1: <laughs> the jacksonville coach saving not saving uh, uh, no no all right uh, Urban, Meyer.
0: Uh, Urban Meyer. Urban
1: Meyer. I think Urban Meyer is the next LSU coach. You know what Ogeron did? I mean, this is a guy that, as hard as it is to build a program up, he couldn't handle success. I mean, he would bring his girlfriends to practice, and their kids would jump in drills. He hit on the wife of a trustee at a gas station. They've had new num- five cases of sexual assault by players. I mean, it it was the Wild West. He thought once he won, he he was set for life. He will never coach college football at this level ever again. I mean, his reputation is shot.
0: And they thought Les Miles was a little goofy.
1: Yeah, and Les Miles, there were some incidents going on there. But yeah, he, he, he did the same hit thing. On the trustees' wife. Well, he did. He had a he had a sexual harassment suit against him. I mean, coaches tend to feel like they're bulletproof sometimes. Uh, The old Arkansas coach, Bobby Petrino, got in a motorcycle wreck with his girlfriend, which his wife didn't know about. And, you know, that's after he left the Falcons with three games to go in the season. He goes back to Louisville and pretty much destroys the program. Bobby Satterfield, who used to be at Appalachian State, has righted the ship a little bit there. But the, some of these coaches feel like they're bulletproof. And it's, it's interesting to watch the case with the coach from Oregon State now who was fired this week, even though he has a winning record. He used to be the coach at Hawaii. But he has refused to get the COVID shot. And he is a state employee because Oregon State is a state uh, institution. And they pretty much kept telling him, and he applied for an exemption on religious reasons, and they have a blind committee, which basically goes through that, so they don't know who's requesting the exemption. And, you know, the team was moving up, and he felt like he was bigger. It was interesting the quarterback came out after it and said, no man is bigger than the program. I miss the coach. But some college coaches feel like know you get paid anywhere from seven to three million dollars a year i guess it's pretty easy to feel like you're bulletproof
0: yeah yeah well lsu is such a great potential program but it needs everything lined up saban could do it les miles could do it so there's somebody else could go in there and and do well Well, i'm just not sure who now
1: i don't think think, i don't think urban's
0: going i don't think he's going
1: where else is there? you don't think he's going to leave after this year? I think he is.
0: I think he's going to go he's, back he's to still, broadcasting. I think he, he, he
1: still hasn't won in this country as a pro coach.
0: <laughs> no, I think he's going to go two years and go back to the booth, and you know, and go back to his buddies and looks, you know, snarky.
1: I don't even know if Fox would take him back. Well, the
0: Mel Tucker for who was at Michigan State seems to be a hot commodity. He's from the Saban Coaching Tree. He's been assistant coach under Satan, Saban uh, <laughs> and others. Um, so, And he's turned around the state program in two years, beat Michigan his first year. Um, and he did it through a lot of transfer portals. And he left Colorado in a hot second when Michigan yeah, State I opened mean, up.
1: In the middle of recruiting season, yeah. he walked away from them. That left a lot of bad taste. Uh, you know, it's not exactly leader of men that you're looking for. I mean, that's, I get disgusted sometimes with some of these coaches who are just in it for the cash and, and the adulation. And, uh, you know, again, that feel that they're bulletproof. I mean, that's, that's, I think urban's running in that in Jacksonville, that he was never questioned at Ohio state. He was never questioned when he was at Florida and when you are the NFL, there's a thousand people questioning everything you do. And I think when they wind up being three and 14 or two and, and 15, uh, they're going to do a little cash settlement and he's going to walk away.
0: So Georgia continues to look pretty good although their quarterback is sort of streaky if you ask me. But their 2, defense, quarterbacks.
1: two we'll say they well, got two quarterbacks.
0: Daniels I think is too uh flighty. I don't think he's going to make it a whole season. I think he'll get injured again. Um but Stetson whatever his name the fourth, he he looked like somebody from Gilligan's Islands. <laughs> you know. You know uh, anyways, um so, the defense is really awesome. And I think that might carry them. They took care of Kentucky pretty easily. Um, do you see Alabama coming back to beat Georgia?
1: Yeah, in the SEC Championship. And then both of them will be in the Final Four. I'm really fascinated at the possibility of Cincinnati being in that Final Four. I would really love that to happen. Cincinnati is uh, surprising.
0: And- you know, they just have so much speed and their quarterback has all the right moves. And speaking of quarterbacks, Oklahoma has gone away from Rattler or whatever his guy's name is and has gone to the so freshman.
1: Williams. Yeah, I mean, that that was a no doubt. That was probably – that weekend was some of the best college football uh, football games. The Texas-Oklahoma game. I mean, the Virginia Tech-Notre Dame game. It was just great games all day long. Uh, there's still a team that defense is shaky. I mean, what's go- I got to ask you, Big Ten? I mean, Iowa loses to Purdue, Penn State loses to Iowa. It, it's you know, Ohio State. I see Ohio State like with their Freddy Krueger mask on and their hat just looming in the background, just waiting to take advantage. And they're up to what, what, seventh, eighth in the poll now? Uh, who's coming out of the Big Ten? That's in your backyard. Yeah. You know better than I do. And I, I know there's a number six team in the nation that's kind of dear to your heart.
0: Yeah, it's way too high. Um, they really haven't played any great teams yet. They just haven't. Nebraska, they, they got by and it was a great tough win, and it was a, a tough win, you know, against Wisconsin too away. Um, and they got to play Michigan State, uh, Penn State, and Ohio State. Uh, that's pretty tough three in a row. The good thing is they have Ohio State at home. So, you know, this is a good question for any fan. Would you trade a conference championship for? for a win against your rival. And right now, Michigan fans would take a win against Ohio State over winning the Big Ten Championship. Would you take a win against your rival at at North Carolina's, your team? Who's their biggest rival?
1: Duke. Would you take a win
0: over Duke versus the conference championship?
1: No, no, conference championship.
0: See, that tells you what kind of rivalry. I was down in uh, Disney this last week with my family, and I'm down there, I'm checking in to the Art of, of Animation Resort. I'm checking in. I got my Michigan hat that says Michigan Baseball on it, right? And the logo M. Right. It's sort of with those low, you know, soft old man hats. So I'm, and I'm wearing my mask. The guy starts... Teasing me and giving me a hard time about Michigan, you know, oh, I can't believe I have to check you in. I'm thinking, wait, isn't Disney known for great service and all this stuff? <laughs> and this guy says, Well, you know, at least you guys are relevant this year. And I, I felt like, you know, what? Superman with laser eyes. Thank praise. Take praise. <laughs> I, I, I you know, I have my mask on, I have my, but I'm looking at this guy or like the new um Eternals movie with the uh the guy from the bodyguard who has the laser eyes too. I just was looking at this guy like, Are you kidding me right now? Are you being rude to me? as my wife once said to a person. I couldn't believe this guy was giving me a hard time. But he was joking and then, then he saw I wasn't laughing and he tried to change course a little bit and say, Oh, so glad you're here. Oh uh uh and I felt like saying, Dude, you're supposed to be serving me, not giving me a hard time. Anyway. Uh, that tells you about the rivalry with Michigan-Ohio State, and we were down there walking around, and I saw maybe oh, 10 to 12 people wearing Michigan gear and about 20 people wearing Ohio State gear, um, and we let's, didn't let's, get close to each other.
1: <laughs> let's up the ante. Would you rather beat Ohio State or be in the Final Four?
0: Ohio State. Playoffs. Oh, I because I know would lose in the first round of the playoffs. It doesn't it's it's so huge to be Ohio State here. And this is the year if Michigan's quarterback's fairly decent, they're playing at home. This team knows how to win tough games. They have new younger coaching staff and Ohio State appears to be down, but they're never down. And this is the first year. Harbaugh has made this a priority from day one. He's talked about an offseason. Every week they have a different plays getting ready for Ohio State. They finally realize it's not just play one week at a time with this type of rivalry. Anyway.
1: Okay, whoa, whoa. I want to pull all my chips in the center of the table. Blowout victory over Ohio State or a national championship?
0: Oh, man. Oh, this got to be a national championship. It has to be. Why did you even
1: hesitate? I mean, yeah. You can't hesitate that. There's
0: there's a certain level of d- just despise because we've been no we like I play for the team. Michigan has lost Ohio State <laughs> so many years. The last time uh, Michigan beat Ohio State, I think it was 2014. We went downtown Ohio State, just downtown Ann Arbor, just to walk around to be with the crowd. We were just so happy. Uh, that finally happened. Anyway, we've, we've gone back you know to what, the deep, dark you, area of well, my
1: say, you know, in the sports South, psyche. You know, in the South, what they say when people say we, what's this we? You got a mouse in your pocket?
0: <laughs> okay.
1: You never heard that expression? No,
0: no, no. Oh, okay. I did hear All the right. expression, and I thought other people did this a lot. My buddy down in Georgia when I first moved down there, we were going to play golf, and he says, Hey, I'll be right back. I got to go see a man about a dog. Yeah. And I, I said, What? He says, Oh, I got to use the bathroom. Haven't you ever heard that? And I hadn't heard it ever before. And I made that comment to somebody else who was from the South, and they didn't know the comment at all. And I said, You don't oh, know that. Yeah. Guy?
1: There's another one. Uh, I got to go settle up with the judge. <laughs> now now we say, I got to take the Browns to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. Take the Browns all the way to the Super yes. Bowl. <laughs>
1: sick phrases. Right now, the Browns aren't doing much anything. That's my
0: number two yeah. s- choice for slang. Okay. okay. Um, back to sports. Let's talk about a little baseball before we wrap this thing up. Yes. So yes. right now, your beloved Braves, my third favorite team in the MLB, uh, has surprised people, and yet today I think they were losing last time I checked. Do you think the Braves can pull off this amazing uh, series and get to the World Series?
1: Okay, Here's the deal. When the Braves were five outs away from going up 3-0 and gave up a tying three-run home run, that was the end of the season. When Luke Jackson gave up that three-run home run, it's over. Dodgers will win. Dodgers will win. Okay, I'll flip it on the other side. When the Red Sox were one strike away from winning last night in the bottom of the ninth and proceeded to give up six runs, it's over. He's just going to the World Series.
0: You think he, it's that powerful, that swing of momentum? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, Moses just changed. Braves are getting ready to go three up, which means they would have gone to the World Series. Red Sox were one strike away from going three games to one, which means, for all practical reasons, they would have gone to the World Series. Yeah. I mean, so- your choice was Red Sox and Braves in the World Series and the playoffs started. I'm sticking with Houston and the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are winning it all.
0: My buddy Gene Gums texted me saying, the Red Sox have returned to Earth. And I said, just like William Shatner.
1: Yes, yes. Shatner saw like Darth Vader (laughs) Rose.
0: If you haven't heard this quote, folks, Captain Kirk, William Shatner, who's got to be 90, 88, 90, whatever. He's 90, he's 90. He went up to, you know, the atmosphere edges right i don't know if they really call right. it space came back down and the quote is really funny he says there was dark there was light there was dark there was light it was like <laughs> death there was light and you and oh boy it just it, it just he didn't sound too good at that point i think he had a lack of oxygen or something
1: yeah i think the, the age was starting to show. I mean, he looks pretty good for 90 years old. He looks in his 70s. Uh,
0: he can afford the best of ta- of, of, uh, of toupees, you just, know.
1: I'm just glad in the interviews he didn't try to slip in an ad for Priceline.
0: Boy, that's been a few years since he's done that now, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Katie Kuklo, she's kind of taken over for him in that respect. But yeah. now he does Medicaid. Commercial, Medicare commercials, late night on TV, and everything.
0: All right, let's move on over to. Uh, is, that, is that is
1: that the first Toupee to go in space?
0: Oh no, I doubt it. John Glenn, I think. Oh no, he didn't wear no, Toupee. Glenn,
1: oh. No, John Glenn was a. This is strange. I never
0: thought we'd be talking about the first Toupee <laughs> to go in the outer space. <laughs>
1: it's historical.
0: Okay, it's historical. Um, At least
1: it didn't float off. It's a good tube.
0: I always wonder what do they use to attach those to your head. Do they actually glue them in?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, they glue. They glue. They, they, they use glue like they do for like it's the same type of glue they use for those modesty pouches when people do semi-nude scenes in films. There's a it's not that sticky, but it, it adheres pretty good in that respect. <laughs>
0: How do you know this, Ernest? I
1: I'm old, and I listen. There you go.
0: <laughs> sure, like all those
1: audience, we did at the beginning. I'm sure, old sure. I, I listen.
0: This okay. Let's get to culture, entertainment before we get done with this. Tell me about the movies you've seen.
1: Okay, been three movies since we've been on the air. Uh, Saw Black Widow, which I considered a middle of the line, mediocre Marvel film. I just thought it was a little convoluted uh worse than really... captain marvel oh captain marvel was pretty good okay. i mean he had Samuel l jackson it just, <laughs> it just seemed like a movie to make i mean we had to make a movie we had to give uh scarlett Johansson a good farewell even though she wound up suing us that felt like an, whoa, you know, whoa whoa
0: whoa whoa she sued over what
1: she sued Disney because they didn't release the movie theaters because it was released on Disney Plus And she got a percentage of the gate and because the gate was much smaller than they anticipated that cost her money. Oh. They, they, they had a settlement with that, but yeah, she sued Disney Ooh. because of that. And I think it was more of a farewell. It was kind of like, what was the star Wars movie that was all about them stealing the plans for destroying the Death Star. What oh, was I, Rogue One? Yeah, it felt like Rogue One. You know, it, it's, do we really need it? I mean, you know, it was nice. It was entertaining. But five minutes later, you forgot about it. You know, Black Widow was like that way, too. Five minutes after I watched it, i went like, okay. But I didn't leave a memory in me in that respect.
0: Okay, get to uh, your carnage, talk about your carnage.
1: Oh, oh, loved carnage. I mean, you basically had Woody Harrelson and Tom Hardy just chew up the scenery. And both of them play two roles. They they play the symbiote in themselves. And it's it's it was kind of like the odd couple. It's it's really like an odd couple movie. But, you know, it's not going to win an Academy Awards. It's not Tom Hardy actually wrote the script for it. And he's one of my favorite actors. Of course, y'all know how much I love Woody Harrelson. And the special effects are just fantastic. And, you know, again, it's not a movie that you're going to think about for days afterwards. But that hour and a half you're watching it, you are enthralled. And you are watching the screen. I mean, it's just, I enjoyed it. And uh, there's a spoiler, because there's a scene at the end. And if you haven't seen the movie... Take the next five, ten seconds and cover your ears. But the scene at the end uh, sets up him going after Spider-Man. Ooh. Ooh. You see a scene where basically Venom can travel between universes. And they wind up in Mexico and they're watching the part where the last Spider-Man movie where J.J. Jameson is revealing the identity of Spider-Man. And Venom just says, this guy, I got to get rid of him. And that's how the movie ends. So you want a mindless 90 minutes of just action, <laughs> let logic and attention and go out the window and just sit. and enjoy. It's, it's like a ride at Disney. Okay. It's thrilling. It doesn't last long, but you enjoy it. Okay. That's what it's like. My third movie is Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds, which is kind of a combination of Lego Movie Tron Legacy What's where's the movie where the uh, uh, where the guy is uh, being watched by everybody on TV
0: oh that's Truman Show
1: Truman Show, you take those three movies and you mix them up together and you get uh, Free Guy which is Basically, the idea that a NPR, a non-playing role figure in a video game, becomes sentient and learns to realize that he's part of a video game. And they're trying to delete the video game. and He leads a revolution. And for younger kids, a lot of the guys who are on uh, YouTube, some of the YouTube content creators are in it. There are some great cameos, Hugh Jackman. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Channing Tatum are all in it for short durations, and it's 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 a neat and it has a it has a little message to it. You know, Ryan Reynolds is another one of those actors that can, can do no harm, except for hitting and Bardegard's wife, which was a waste of time. But other than that, it was very very enjoyable. Uh, kids like it's one of those movies, like Lego movie that operates for adults and kids at the same time. And there's nothing objectionable. It's it's uh, always Chris Evans is a great cameo, also as Captain America in it. Uh, and they work in Star Wars into it also. So it's it's a little bit of everything, and it's very enjoyable. And it's, to pick out all the little parts in the backgrounds. Because when they're video games, there are guys walking against the wall, guys walking around like we do when we play video games and we can't control the characters. There's a lot of things in the background to watch. It's one of those movies you have to watch a couple times to catch everything. And, and all the little side stories. Nice. Uh, so I I, I I highly recommend... Here's my recommendation. Uh, free Guy first. Carnage. Uh, Venom, let there be Carnage second. And, you know, I wouldn't waste my time with Black Widow. I really wouldn't. That was... Uh, you know there there are there are some upcoming movies. I'm watching Doom this weekend, which is the second uh, time they've attempted. It's actually Doom Part One. You've got Ghostbusters. Do you ever have time to cover. work, Ernest? I just wondered. Yes, yes, yes. I'm always, Do you have time I mean, for your wife? You know, like, Do you ever prob- you- well? This is probably she likes that I spend time <laughs> taking the grandchildren. You got Ghostbusters coming out. You got.
0: Uh, are you ever going to grow up, Ernest?
1: The Eternals, which I don't have a lot of interest in seeing. I feel like that's gonna be disappointing.
0: Yeah, I think Jolie just she just I just can't buy it. I just feel well, like it's, it's, it's a vehicle it's, just to for Marvel to try to do a spin-off and I just can't see another
1: it. Another franchise. Yeah. I'm so I mean, tired you know, about the
0: timelines too from Marvel. Come on, give me a break. I'm tired well, of Well
1: you know, the the trailers for Flash and for The Batman and uh, Black Adam which is the the rocks dc character all came out this week so that's dc is attempting to do the same thing with with characters so with the rock, how much
0: is cgi how much is the rock that's what i want to know looks like adam
1: uh looks like a lot of it is cgi you got pierce Brosnan playing like a doctor strange role it's called dr fate you got hawkman which is going to have to be cgi those who are not familiar with uh DC Comics, Hawkman is an Egyptian prince who has actually the wings of a hawk and flies. So yeah, you see those there,
0: all the time. It's no problem. Y-
1: oh, yes, yes. Well, it's was Archangel in, in Marvel. There, there's kind of like a mirror like for every uh, for every Marvel character, there's a mirror image in DC because Batman is essentially Iron Man. Uh, yeah, a mortal, yeah. a rich mortal who has all the powers to do and create types of
0: things? All right. So I thought you'd give me the perfect lead in for my Star Wars to end this podcast. Let me grab the last three minutes and we'll wrap it baby. All right. There you go.
1: There you go. So now I, got I finally
0: hours. had an entertainment experience almost close to what Ernest has. Uh, my family, we went down to Disney World. We did the Magic Kingdom with little kids one day. And then we went to the Hollywood studios and went right away. To the rise of the resistance ride because we heard, <coughs> excuse me, that that was the longest line. So we got there early because we were in the resort system. We went right back there. It took us forty minutes, which was not bad at all. Uh, the worst part was my granddaughter had to use a bathroom deep down in the line, deep down underneath everything. And my son took off with her, and the last second when we got to the front of the ride, he pops out of the side cave, I don't know where he came from, with her. It says, did we make it in time? So we get in the ride, and folks, if you haven't been on this ride, this is the best ride I've ever been on for adults at Disney World. It's the best. It feels like you're in a movie set the whole way along. If I nitpicked, some of the uh, robotic action of Kylo Ren was a little bit stiff, But the rest of it was so well done. My jaw dropped when we got out of the simulator of the uh, transporter and opened up the doors, and you're looking at this huge hangar that looked just like you're in the Death Star or a battleship, and then you see 150 star troopers looking right at you with their guns, and they're moving a little bit. But just the the size of them, everything's real in that size. And then the quality of the set everywhere you went, just felt like you were in the movie. Uh, amazing. And then there were some surprises, the way that the two cars that were going together, and they went different directions and dropped and twisted and turned. And, man, it was fantastic. And if you're a Star Wars geek like I am ever since high school, this was fantastic. It was the best ride. And, Ernest, have you been on this ride?
1: No, no. have not I uh, have not been to Florida since the before times. Before COVID, so no, I have not. been I'm looking forward to. We're planning to go next year, so it's better than than Twilight Zone Tower of Terror.
0: I have never been on that because I don't like drop rides. This drop ride was not as as much, but it came at a very good time, and there was a little bit of hokiness to it. But for 90 percent of that ride, you just thought, wow, they did this so well, and still new. And it crashed later on in the day, and Disney's figuring out some of their systems still. With that. But, anyways, we got to wrap this podcast up. Ernest, your final good thoughts, a
1: few maybe? Too quick. If you pick up the Sports Illustrated basketball preview, you can read the uh, story of the resilience of Carl Anthony Towns, the center from uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, who lost five members of his family to COVID, including his mother and himself, uh, contracted and lost 50 pounds in the middle of the basketball season. And his search for strength afterwards, uh, building out the strength that his mother gave him, it is a fascinating read. And shout out to Dick Vitale. Uh, not always a fan of his style, and but at 82 years old, he has been diagnosed with lymphoma and is going to go through uh, six weeks of steroids and chemotherapy. This is the second time he has been diagnosed with cancer. He was diagnosed with... Uh, Skin cancer about two years ago. So, you know, the guy has a passion for college basketball that is unmatched by anybody. And, and again, a lot of his part is shtick, but I do not doubt his devotion to college basketball and his love for the athletes and the coaches. So uh, say a special prayer for both of those gentlemen. Uh, again, you get a chance to read about Carl Anthony Towns. It's a fascinating read.
0: And I want to do another culture thing here. I know Ernest is our cultural entertainment guy, but I was on airplanes I was thinking, I need to listen to some good podcasts that maybe I haven't listened to before. And one of the ones I listened to was Dan Patrick has a podcast called That Scene with Dan Patrick. And if you haven't listened to him, talk to Will Farrow about different, the, the background stories to the first anchorman and the second anchorman that's amazing. He talks to the guy from um, The Christmas Story, the guy who has the little, little Red Rider gun and some of the behind stories of that. He's got. Oh, he's, uh, he's
1: a director. He directed a. He, is a director now.
0: Right. So there's. Dan, if you like Dan Patrick, you like really funny movies. He talks about certain scenes and he talks about other questions. Well worth your time. All right. There you go. Another part in the confusion. We didn't know if it would happen tonight. We had a lot of technical difficulties, but we made it, Ernest. So for Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. Have a good night.
1: Kid, yo kid, knock your eye out with a BB gun. Sorry.